have been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Welcome to another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles radio show. Tonight is Thursday, May 20th. Tomorrow is my 42nd birthday. Ah, I can't believe it. I don't know whether to laugh or cry at that. I really don't, but uh, maybe I'll do both. But anyways, uh, really excited for tonight's show and tonight's guests. I'm going to bring them in in a little bit. Of course, you are listening to the Afterlife Chronicles. I am your host, Nicole Strickland, on the WLTKDB network. That's WLTKDB.com. You can also get to the main site there. Uh, by visiting the letstalk.com. Join the chat room there. You can do that through Facebook. The show is also streaming live on facebook.com slash Afterlife Chronicles and beyond. So before bringing in tonight's guests, looking forward to having them, Joey and Tanya Medea. I just want to announce a very special new show that's coming on the WLTKDB network. And that's going to be Secrets Within with Kurt and Rini, and it's going to air every other Friday. So I'm really looking forward to that show. Congrat- congratulations to both of them. Please take the time to check out uh, the other amazing shows on the network. You have Schooled Through Spirit, The Paranormal Encrypted Show, New Bridge Radio, of course, Haunted Voices with host Todd Bates that I also uh, co-host. Paranormal Pete, a good, very good friend of mine up in the Pacific Northwest, The Good Shit Show, Remember Me, and like I said, uh, Secrets Within. And also, uh, the WLTKDB network does do, uh, if you are in need of voiceovers, uh, any sort of remote broadcasts, broadcast training, that sort of thing, check out the website there, WLTKDB.com. Uh, let's see. So, COVID. I think it's things are now starting to get better. So I am now booking some both actually both virtual and on-site author events, which is great, right? And then I'm really happy to announce that I have two new book deals in the works. So more details to come later on. But let's let's get right to it. Tonight's guests, of course, Joey and Tanya Medea. I am so excited to have them. Oh my goodness, they're multifaceted, let me tell you. Tanya, in addition to being authors, right, paranormal researchers and hosts of the Into the Outer Realms radio show, which I was just a guest on a little bit ago. So we're now switching gears and now they're my guests. Tanya is a Reiki master, massage therapist, yoga teacher. Joey, my goodness, a poet, painter, a theater manager, actor, creative writer, in addition to everything else. It's like, when do they find the time, right? So, Joey and Tanya, thank you so much for joining me tonight. How are you? We're excellent. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, this has been in the works for a few months. It's, you know, weird. I was just on your show, and now we're kind of doing a a flip here, which is fabulous. But um, let's see. So, I I do want to say that, as you know, and we talked about this, too, on, on your show, 
our friends, Gary, Mance, and Suzanne Mitchell introduced the three of us. And so it's one of those things <laughs> that's meant to be. So, you know, had to announce that. And of course, the three of us know Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who sadly passed on. We all miss her. Such a great mentor for you. Great mentor for me. Uh, let's start out with that, by the way. So Rosemary Ellen Guiley, how did you uh, get to know her and, and start working with her? Sure. So um, in 2009, Joey and I uh, went to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which is, we won't go too much into detail because that's a whole long story in and of itself. But we went to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And while we were there, we saw an interdimensional being. It was not the Mothman, we do not think, um, but it was a very interesting experience. And because um, we shared that experience with one of the local shop owners there in Point Pleasant, he happened to know uh, some Uh, folks who are now very good friends of ours, John and Tim Frick. He connected us with John and Tim. They were very interested in meeting us out in Point Pleasant, hearing about our experience and having us show them, you know, where it happened, walking them through it. And of course, we were very fortunate when we met up with them that later that year in November, that they also had Rosemary with them because she was a very good friend of theirs. So she um, was very interested, uh, obviously, in what we Mm -hmm. saw. And we just became fast friends, Um, you know, because you knew Rosemary. She was just instantly likable and um, just the kindest person you would ever want to meet, you know, very, very professional. And from there, she really began to help. Um, I've been a lifelong experiencer, and poor Joey's been an experiencer since he's been sharing his life with me for the last 24 years. And so we really wondered, like, you know, what is this all about? What is happening? And Rosemary was really instrumental in helping, you know, me understand what my abilities were, mentoring me as a medium. I didn't want to call myself a psychic or a medium. And you know, Rosemary, she was always so straightforward. So at right. one point she said, you're just going to have to get over it. You're a medium. That's what you are. <laughs> I can hear her say that right exactly. now. <laughs> you just have to get over it. No, because I was at the time, I was like, well, maybe I'm a, I'm an intuitive or I'm a sensitive. And she's like, nobody knows what an intuitive is. She's like, you're a medium and that's what you need to call yourself. So, but she was wonderful. She really helped us navigate these experiences and mm-hmm. figure out what was happening. And that's how we met. And of course we we've been friends ever since. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I first met her too, in June of 2009, like you said, instantly likable, uh, very professional, very knowledgeable. She really, you can tell the passion and devotion that she had. And I, I'm going to say has, because mm-hmm. she's still doing the work, even in the afterlife for her craft. And it, it's so commendable to have been able to uh, work with her and, and definitely see her in action. Now you said interdimensional being. So I'm curious, why do you think it was an interdimensional being as opposed to uh, maybe an earthbound or, you know, an alien sort of species? Well, sometimes they are considered interdimensional, but you know what I mean? Like what, what, what were the classifications of that or, or the um, signs of that, that made you think it was an interdimensional being? Right. So first that term, that was really a term that Rosemary 
used interdimensional mm-hmm. being. And mm-hmm. when we were doing our first book, which visionary living, her publishing company did watch out for the hallway. Um, you know, she said, cause we were, I, I forget. Oh, yeah. I, oh, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> um, <clears throat> she was, uh, she's like, it's an interdimensional. So call it an interdimensional. So we were going down the road. We had been to the TNT area in Point Pleasant mm-hmm. where Mothman had been seen in the late 1960s, where the igloos are, where they stored the TNT from the factory, all of that. And we had had a very unsettling experience down in the TNT area. Beautiful day. It was kind of like a Ducks Unlimited sort of thing. We felt like we were being watched. We felt like we were being in danger. We couldn't go into the igloos. It was very unsettling because the uh, it was like kill zone of fear. You just, yeah. I'm not supposed to be here. And it was unsettling because it was beautiful. We're driving back and we're talking about that. And we both turn to each other at the same moment and say, did you see that? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because you didn't was... have time to bias each other at all. No, no. Um, it was so fast when it happened. And I think Mm -hmm. if one of us had seen it and the other, or the other one hadn't spoken about it, it would have been gone. So bright blue sky. Here's this thing on the side of the road, black shape. To me, it looked like a humanoid figure in like a neoprene, uh, neoprene black wetsuit got fired out of a cannon. So it goes over the road, probably about a hundred feet in front of us, probably about 12 feet off the ground and disappears at the edge of a cornfield. It didn't go into the cornfield, but it was almost like a flash and it was gone. Oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah, so that's why oh we think goodness. interdimensional. Yeah, and then to follow on, um, there was time distortion. So we got when we got back to Point Pleasant, mm-hmm. uh, it was t- almost two and a half hours later than we thought. Oh, that's, oh, wow. Yeah, so that was bizarre because it was a shock to us. We get back into town. We're expecting it to be a little after 3, and it was closer to 5.30. And so that was very surprising. Another weird thing Hmm. from a sort of a psychic communication or something level is we didn't describe to each other what we saw. So don't tell me what you saw. I won't tell you what I saw. Let's sit down and draw it independently. Oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and that didn't come from us. You know, we had been, no, we hadn't been mentoring with Rosemary. What am I going to say? Yeah, yeah, we we had no experience with this. So it came from outside to go, this is going to come in handy. And this is how you should do this sort of. Um, there was a gas station on the side of the road that does not exist in this version of reality or at this time. We've done a ton of research in the past 10 years, and there's never been a gas station. Um, I was just going to ask you if during that time, if your surroundings changed at all. They did, yeah. So you want to talk about the cornfields? Right. So when we saw, again, as we're driving down the road, it was almost like the, the humanoid being, whatever it was, blinked into existence on the berm of the left side of the road. And there we saw a cornfield on that side of the road. It leapt across the road, as Joey mentioned, landed on the berm on the right side, and then blinked out of existence. But when we went back later to investigate, there was only a cornfield on the right-hand side of the road. On the left-hand side of the road, there was there could have never been a cornfield because it was a house that had been there for quite some time. There was a stand of trees. Uh, there was just no way that there, there had been a cornfield there just a few months before. So, but, but we both 
drew, you know, we both re- drew it and remembered seeing that cornfield. That is absolutely insane. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What do you think the message is and all of that? Well, you know, it's confusing. So all of that happened and we met the Fricks and we met Rosemary and it went exponentially from there. Right. We met all these people. Next thing we know, Rosemary's mentoring us. So unexpected. Um, I grew up Roman Catholic and and grew up in mysticism, but to be doing all that was amazing. Mm -hmm. So it was about a year and a half ago, we're on a radio show. And we had probably done 25 or 30 and we had told the story on most of them because it's how it's all started. And the host said, we have ever gotten uh, regressed. And we said, no, we've never thought of it. We never once thought of it. Nobody mentioned it. Rosemary never said, hey, let's get you guys regressed. So we had an opportunity last fall, each one of us separately, about a month apart. Mm -hmm, About a month apart. And um, you want to talk about... It, it was it's very amazing. surprising, definitely not what we expected. Um, and as a hypnotist myself, I'm very familiar with um, regression hypnosis. And I was just basically blown away. So we essentially had very similar experiences. But uh, what it seemed like is that we had been separated at a certain point. So at a certain point, they became very different experiences. Mm -hmm. And then when we were brought back together, then it kind of merged back into the same experience. So from Joey's standpoint, as we were in that TNT area, initially he, that feeling of being watched was of a being that he was interpreting as almost like a, I'll let you describe it. There's a picture of it here on the wall. Um, It was like, it almost looked like the, uh, uh, the shaman, uh, elk man from the, I believe the Lasco caves, right? Okay. okay. It, it was, it was kind of like that, but the eyes were more like a gray alien and it was just looking at me. Um, I'll have to send you a, a photo of it. Yeah. I would love to see it for sure. Yeah. Um, and very unsettling. So, so my interpretation based on the regression and what was revealed is it knew that we were sensing it. And it was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Step two, as we were driving back, can it see me? So it shows itself. Oh, we see it. Okay. Then it's like, okay, they're pretty good candidates maybe for something. So we're taken into, (laughs) okay. So this is where it gets really weird. Yeah. (laughs) Weird is okay. We're going down the road and we're in our Ford. um, Explorer. Explorer. And it becomes transparent i'm seeing the drive shaft i'm seeing the transmission i'm like whoa this is amazing and then it begins to spin kind of centrifuge and we wind up in some kind of alternate reality and there is this farm and it's beautiful it's too beautiful the grass looks like AstroTurf. The barn looks like it was just built and painted and ready to go. Sort of like the Wizard of Oz kind of technicolor. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, there, there are these beings, like I see their arms around me and they have three long fingers. And when we were kids, Italian kids, we would put black olives on our fingers like on holidays. Uh, and I'm Italian too. Yes, I all yeah. I know about that. Yes, and I do. That's, that's what it looked like, but I didn't think it was olives and it was bizarre. And I'm looking at this, I'm going, well, there's no animals. 
this does not look lived in. Like I'm a filmmaker and this looks like a set and I'm hearing just, just go with it. Just, just go with it. Just enjoy it. I'm like, no, no, no. And then suddenly there's this silver grain silo and it looks like it's never been used. I'm like, gosh, you're going to have to do better than this. You need to populate it with animals. Like I'm a, like a set dresser or something. Um, And they, they come to this determination. They're like, uh, you can hear it on the regression tape. I'm going, not a good candidate, not a good candidate, not a good oh, candidate. Oh, that's bizarre. Yeah. And then. So from my perspective, I remember, again, you know, being in the TNT, that's where sort of uh, not not initially where the regression starts, but a lot of what starts to happen starts happening there in the regression. Except the next thing I know, I'm in a room and it, it feels like a, you know, like a, a round or a cylindrical room, I can sense that there, you know, it's not like squared corners. It's just completely round, but it's stark. I'm laying on something. It's not really clear what I'm laying on. I'm not afraid at all. I'm just almost more like a little impatient, like, okay, how long is this going to take? And I, I sense that there's a being next to me and I can only see sort of like, you know, just part of the face. And it does look like, um, a gray alien. And so I can see a little bit of the eye, a little bit of the profile. I can see the long fingers exactly the way that Joey described them. And it's running this almost like scanner kind of thing over my body. Um, And that happens. And then the next thing I know, I'm outside and I'm like in the woods and I'm standing like on the bank near like a creek or something and standing in the woods, there's a dog there not really sure, you know, where the dog came from, but off in the distance, I hear this very otherworldly, almost like howling kind of sound. And I immediately start thinking, oh, it must be Bigfoot, which is interesting. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really into Bigfoot. So that didn't surprise me that I would think that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just kind of standing there like, you know, nothing's really going on. And it's almost like I was put in that environment to see how I would react to this sort of, you know, stimulus. That's interesting you say that because I, I'm kind of, you know, on the outside here hearing you share this story. And it's almost like what I get is that that experience happened as a way to kind of show you that you were almost, I know this sounds corny, but meant to like go down the path and, and study the unknown almost. That's kind of what, what I, mm-hmm. what I sense, but hold that thought. We have to take a two minute break. You are listening to the afterlife chronicles and beyond. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. We will be right back. Of all the radio stations in the world. We're one of them. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. Maggie Reiki is a full-service Reiki therapy center offering both in-person and distance Reiki sessions. Reiki is a gentle healing energy that can assist in clearing, repairing, and maintaining energy that is vital for optimal health. Reiki can also assist with anxiety, depression, and even addiction. You can schedule a Reiki session by visiting our website, www.mackeyreiki.com. That's www.m-a-c-k-e-y-r-e-i-k-i.com. Hurry, hurry. Step right up. 
marvel at tales of weird history that prove fiction has nothing on reality. Thrill at stories of strange science from the utterly mind-bending to the horribly misguided. Chill from true tales of the unexplained, paranormal, and supernatural. All this plus comedy, romance, and variety. It's colossal. It's stupendous. It's your new favorite podcast, a delicious, mysterious tincture called Odd Tonic. Join us in the parlor each week, dear guest, for a cup of tea and a bizarre, enthralling tale to delight the mind and stir the senses. Odd Tonic, an exquisite elixir for those who love the odd? Or a tantalizing treat for those who are the odd? Yes. Odd Tonic is available on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and at oddtonicsociety.com. Our Medic Alert bracelet warns first responders that we kiss back during CPR. Pucker up, buttercup. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. Two minutes past the hour, you are tuning in to the Afterlife Chronicles and beyond. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland, on the WLTKDB network. If you haven't yet, you can join the chat room right there on the main website at theletstalk.com or WLTKDB.com. Tonight, I am talking with Joey and Tanya Medea, and I'm going to list your books here. Incredible books, by the way. I don't know if you can see them too well, but this one is Roommates from Beyond. How to Live in a Haunted Home. Love the cover. It's not really showing too well. And of course, because it's not showing too well, I'll just read it. Watch out for the hallway. Your two-year investigation of the most haunted library in North Carolina. I really love the cover. Let's see if it'll show. Not really too well. Oh, well. And then, uh, Tanya, you wrote uh, Living the Intuitive Life, Cultivating Extraordinary Awareness. These are excellent books. Uh Really excited to have you guys on. Uh, paranormal you. researchers, of course, authors and hosts of Into the Outer Realms radio show. And so before the break, uh, you were sharing with us this, oh, my God, this strange experience you had with this interdimensional being. I mean, I love weird. I love strange. So so this is in my neighborhood. Let's continue that. Um, and because I, I think I asked you before the break what the message is and all of this. So, right. So we were asked, we were doing a show last night and we told this story and they said, uh, so what was your reaction when you, you know, when you heard the play, when you went through this and my first reaction was embarrassment. I'm like, Okay, so for the past five years, we've been kind of public figures, increasingly so. People have taken the journey with us. Tanya's a psychic medium. We're paranormal investigators. We've been mentored. Now we're coming out 11 years later and going, oh, this strange experience was really very akin to an abduction in a parallel universe with gray aliens. And I thought people are going to go, all right, well, they're shilling because they're running out of things to talk to. And it turned out not to be the case. You, you had a different Right. Yeah. For me, um, it was very as weird as it was. And it was it took me a little while to get my head around it. It was also at the same time validating because 
as a lifelong experiencer, I have also often wondered because, um, you know, I've had those experiences where I'll wake up in the morning and there are finger marks on my arms or my legs and there's no explanation for how they got there or my feet have grass or, you know, are dirty and there's there's no explanation for that. Um, And I remember reading Whitley Strieber's book, Communion, and Mm -hmm. he talks about injuries that he would, you know, wake up with like uh, sore nasal passages and they would bleed. And I was like, gosh, I've had that for years. And I don't know, I was always, I would joke about it and say, oh yeah, the aliens must have come and got me last night. But I was half joking because I just wasn't sure. And then after the regression experience, I was more like, you know, and Joey's writing a book right now called Parallel Parallels and Patterns. And it's so true that all of the phenomenon sort of bleed, you know, one into the next. They're all somehow intermingled. So you mm-hmm. often have people that not only experience haunting phenomenon, mm-hmm. they do have abduction or contactee experiences or fairy experiences or what have you. So there is a connection there. We just don't know what it is. So I I felt validated in in a way because I had had those other experiences as well my entire life. Absolutely. I was just going to say because I am a big firm believer, I consider all these beings, uh earthbound spirits, the human spirit realm, uh Bigfoot, you know, cryptids, uh aliens, interdimensional beings. I I believe there's a nexus mm-hmm. and that they're they're all interconnected like you said. We don't know why or how. I don't think we are supposed to know the answer to that necessarily. But uh, it's interesting that you you also believe that for sure. Um, switching over now more toward the, the human spirit realm, uh, have you had any profound inspirational experiences that really uh, maybe changed or altered the way you think about the afterlife? Any any experiences with that you're willing to share, of course, with family, uh, friends? co-workers, pets. So let's, um, let's go the, the, the less personal and then, although they felt like family, but during the two years, the 150 hours that we spent in the Webb Memorial Library, we got to know several ghosts and spirits very well mm-hmm. over a long period of time. I think the most profound thing for me was that they changed. They're not fixed. Uh, their yeah. personalities changed. There was there was a very mean curmudgeonly, and I don't want to lay on it too much, but he he had been a manager upstairs was a garment factory before it became a library. It was a multi-use facility. And it's during the depression, these women desperately need jobs, and he took advantage of them. Mm. He had happy hands, whatnot, um, and had a very low opinion of women. So when we would go into the web, um, he would get right in Tanya's face and he would scream at her. He would curse on the spirit box, uh, call women all kinds of derogatory names. So when we, when the investigation went public, which happened very quickly, we, we brought 525 guest investigators through there over two years. Uh, we would not uh, have women go down that hall where he was um, alone, where he would very much harass them. But you worked with him essential oils, healing stones, talking to him, trying to understand him. He came to you in a dream and showed you he had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was some sympathy there. It was an interesting thing too, Nicole, because um, people like have really uh, severe, sometimes physical reactions when they encounter a ghost or spirit. 
Of course. When you got in Vincent's area, you could feel your chest tighten and your throat would hurt. People that have trouble breathing and all. And when uh, Tanya had the dream and realized that he had hung himself, that made Mm. so much sense. He identified with that sensation. His energy was of that death. And that's what we were feeling. So that was very profound. And, And you crossed him over, basically. But prior to that, female spirits and ghosts were advocating for him. Like, Vincent's not well tonight. Please leave him alone or these kinds of... So it was this whole journey that was incredible. That was a game changer for me. And, you know, that lends me to say that, you know, it's very easy for us based on one or two experiences per se to label in a box what an earthbound or what a spirit is like. And without acknowledge or without having the compassion, you guys learned, okay, this guy was just not happy. I mean, the poor thing committed suicide. So there is more of that compassion and, you know, that's, it's our duty as researchers to, uh, to connect with these energies, not necessarily label them, try to help them, try to respect them, honor them. We, you know, even if they were murdered, this is my belief, even if they were murderers in life mm-hmm. or not so nice, I mean, treat them with dignity. And that's, exactly. that's what, that's exactly what you did. Uh, you know, and it's, that's what, it's a reminder that we need to be respectful no matter, cause we don't know these people. And, uh, you know, if you have one or two experiences that essentially maybe are negative to you or you interpret the experience as being negative, don't necessarily label that spirit. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what this is demonstrating. So, yeah. And and I'm sure you'll agree, too. There's so so often just because, um, you know, it's a it's a ghost that's suffering Mm -hmm. um, or whatever it is. Because there's a negative interaction, people automatically, not always, but often, go to demon. Oh, it must be a demon. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we could count on one hand the number of times we've actually encountered something that we actually felt like might be, you know, Mm -hmm. a dark, maybe demonic kind of entity. And and thank God that's not our intention to go out demon hunting. That's No. It's one of those things where... um, uh, I liken it to um, when I was in my 20s, I was in a 26-foot sailboat with a 40-year sailing veteran. We got caught in an unexpected storm and we nearly died. The boat nearly capsized. It was a terrifying two hours, especially when I looked in his eyes and I saw fear. When you've had an, account- an encounter with a non-human dark entity, a shadow person, a jinn, a, uh, a demon, and thankfully for us, it's been very few and far between. That is not something you want to actively seek. No, absolutely not. No. And, and, and that's the difference. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's very, it's far and few between. I think, too, in the field, the labeling, you know, the ghost versus spirit, uh, malevolent is often used for even what I term a lower level energy, which may be the leftover personality of maybe someone who was a rapist or a murderer in life. That's not a demon. That's just someone who led a a not so happy, not so good life. So malevolent is probably not term for that person. So I think, you know, in, in terminology, uh, the field needs to work on uh, differentiating a little bit more. Right. Right. At least in my opinion. I yeah, agree, no, totally. we're with you 100%. So you want to talk about your mom a little? Yeah, so... Um, if you're willing, if you're willing. Oh, I know not everyone is, and I understand that. Oh, no, so. we, we're absolutely happy to. It's kind of a funny story that we like to share about my mom. So a couple Aww. of things. 
when my mom passed, of course, as a medium, I, I am able to connect people with their departed loved ones all the time. So I knew that when my mom passed, I, I'd be able to connect with her. And I was, but what was interesting, I was on the airplane flying to my dad's, you know, my mother and my father's house to help my dad with final arrangements. And I, I thought this was a great time to, you know, try to connect with my mom and and she came through, but the only thing she would show me was this pink spiral bound notebook. That was it. She wouldn't, she wasn't talking about anything else. It was just a notebook. And I was like, okay, mom, as soon as I get there, whatever this is, I'll find it. Obviously it's, it's very important to you. So I get to the house. I easily find the notebook and I start flipping through and there's like nothing in it. I mean, there's absolutely nothing in it that I can see. And I'm like, okay, this can't be right because it's the only thing that she she would show me. So page after page after page. Finally, in the middle of the notebook, there was a note, Tanya, when I die, this is what I how I want my funeral. Now, my mom died suddenly of a heart attack. None of us, we thought my mom was going to live forever. Um but she had just in the middle of this notebook pretty much laid out all of her final arrangements, the music she wanted, the kind of flowers she wanted. Um, so, so that in and of itself was pretty amazing. But then after that, we moved my dad. He's living out in Arkansas and we don't want him to be alone. There's no one else out there. So we say, dad, you, you got to come live by us. So we move him just down the street, like a couple of houses down. And my mom, um, was known for having very strong opinions. And that did not change in the afterlife. So I was on the road a lot. I travel a lot for work. And uh, I don't think she was happy about the, the number of times per week we were having my dad over for dinner. So all of a sudden, <laughs> in her not-so-subtle way, um, one by one, pieces of my dad's silverware start showing up in our silverware drawer. Now, when my dad would come over for dinner, obviously he wasn't bringing his. We didn't own ask him to bring his own silverware, but it would just report <laughs> yeah. into our drawer. And uh, so, first it was a knife, and I took that back, and then I think a fork came, and I took that back, and then I think a spoon came. Yeah, one of each. One of each, and then uh, my dad. During COVID, there was just so many things going on. Long story short, my dad wanted to move out to near Cincinnati to be by his brother because they're both retired Air Force. They're both members of the Warbirds, and there was a Warbird group. There was just a lot, you know, a lot for my dad out there. So he moved out by his brother. Well, after he moved another knife, and that was probably my mom. She probably didn't like it that, you know, he moved away instead of being by us was going to go be by his brother. So um, she interfered with a phone call when you were trying oh to gosh, set it all up. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's how the phone just wouldn't work. Yeah. I was <laughs> yep, trying to call yep. up. My dad wanted me to, you know, inquire about some potential, you know, places for him. And I was trying to call and. And the phone was just doing really bizarre things. You got things disconnected twice. Before. And she's like, are they even going to pick up the phone again? And, yeah, and crazy. Uh, I knew it was her. My grandmother has done that, too, with the phone. It's hilarious it's so when it happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just strong opinions. And the silverware was just it was cool. It was so, you know, we loved it. It was neat. We're kind of kooky that way now. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, I had to hang up the phone and I had to really be stern with her. And I said, look, mom, this is happening. <laughs> that is right. so care Whether you like it. <laughs> That's funny and endearing at the same time. I love hearing stories like this. Oh my gosh. 
And then I guess on a more serious note, before we move on as far as relatives. So last year we were doing our show. It was, we were only in lockdown maybe for a couple months. We had a palm reader on. So we like to, I mean, Tanya did a live past life regression therapy with me on our show. I'm like, let's, we're teachers. We had 525 people in the web with us watching us make mistakes, learn, Mm -hmm. you know, all different kinds of things together. Let's do this. So I said to the palm reader, I said, if you don't mind, I'll send you pictures of my palms and do, you know, an online reading. So she, she contacts us and goes, okay, there are some things that I don't know if you want to go public with. And I was like, just do the reading. Let's go. <laughs> so <clears throat> probably I'm going to have to come back again. So that was kind of disappointing. But then she gets real serious and she says, you have some real health issues and oh. you need to take care of these health issues. And I knew uh, I, I got some bad advice a couple years ago and was on an amino acid that about blew up my heart. So oh, no. I have to be, yeah, I have to be really careful and I'm almost recovered, but I was having some respiratory and all these different things. So my aunt who passed away, who was one of our main spiritual mentors, she's been around a lot. My aunt Annette, our aunt Annette, you can smell her cigarette smoke and she comes. But then my great grandmother, who was um, was a witch, who was a stregeria and, you know, in the old neighborhood, very powerful. All this, I had started doing research about my ancestors and Nana started coming around mm-hmm. and uh, she never had before. And you you described her to me. I knew exactly who she was. And um, knock on wood, a year, about a year later, I'm pretty darn good. So they really kind of intervened and worked. I had to make a lot of changes, you know, yeah. that worked with me. They didn't just come in and lay on energy hands and Joey's great. But um, they that was amazing mm-hmm. to have Rosemary, my Antoinette, and my Nana, who all cared enough to kind of help me through this mini health crisis. So. Absolutely. And were you obviously, you verified the health issues that they were saying that you had? Did you like verify them with your doctor? Yeah. And I knew, I knew um, they were things and um, you know, it was, it was some infection and and because my heart wasn't working like it was supposed to, it was kind of bleeding into other, not bleeding. That's a wrong, wrong word. No, no heart bleeding. (laughs) Um, But but the, um, but the heart issues were affecting other parts. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to be as holistic as possible. I'm Mm -hmm. very, very sensitive to medications. Oh, I am too. I mean, my list, you know how they ask you, Oh, what are you allergic to? It's like a huge list. And they look at me like, no, I'm like, yes, it's crazy. And I have a, I have a weird thing where uh, anything mind altering doesn't really work on me. So it's really bizarre, including for some procedures uh, several years ago, many years ago, uh, I had to get a colonoscopy because I was having kidney stones and all kinds of problems. And I was wide awake for the colonoscopy. It was like that parallel. He's not a good candidate. That's what oh, it reminded that is me of. So funny. I'm, I'm like, like hey, that's really interesting. And they're like, Mr. Medea, we cannot dose you any higher. Can you please go to sleep? And it was the <laughs> same way when I got the S wall lithotripsy. Right. So they be- they they break up the stones by hitting them with sound mm-hmm. and you sit in a pool of water. Well, it's sort of like the Millennium Falcon inside this thing. So, again, I just wouldn't go to sleep. I'm like, 
this is so cool you got and uh, mr mcgee this will go much better if you just go to sleep and stop now and i'm like why would i miss this i'm paying like top dollar like i'm into it and <laughs> right? that's what it was that's what it was with the aliens so so yeah they worked with me and uh, of course i'm being so careful uh covid really scared me oh, i'm yeah. fully vaxxed um because you know with the heart and the respiratory but yeah, no, so much better, right? I'm so glad you're doing better. Thank you. You know, I mean, we're all, I mean, all of us have to change things from now and then, you know? I yeah. mean, a lot of times it's so easy for us to think if we're going through something that we're the only person in the world that is, and it's not. You know, we all have our times and moments in life. So thanks for sharing that so much. You're welcome. I want to, the show goes by so fast, as you know, I we know. have about 20 minutes left. I want to get into some of your, um, how you conduct your case studies and some of your preferred methodologies that you use on uh, paranormal research projects. Sure. So um, for me now, Joey, Joey takes a slightly different approach. He'll, he'll talk usually uh, either with the people at the location or if it's a private residence with the, with the homeowners or the residents. I like to know very little at first because I like to get um, as a medium, just the the impressions that I'm, that I'm going to get. And I don't want those to be tainted by, you know, facts. Sometimes you can't help it. And there's things that, you know, going into it, but I like to know as little as possible. After that, I will get sort of my impressions. Of course, we do an initial interview, just kind of get a history, like a background, what's been going on. Um, You know, it's always interesting to us. We want to know, like, what's going on with the family, the family dynamic. Is there a lot of stress happening? Is there someone who's going through an illness or, you know, because you know that that plays a huge role. Exactly. Um, in the activity that's going on. Of course, we'll get a history of the property. Uh, if the if the residents or the homeowners aren't sure, then we'll do what we can to do research and, and find that out. And um, so it's usually a couple of, of course, now with COVID, usually that initial interview is on Zoom. And then we, we've done some investigations of a home over Zoom as well, where we're just, you know, to have- Remote a- viewing, basically, remote yeah. viewing. last month. That yeah. can be done. That can be done. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it was astonishing. So, so then we go in, you, you know, it's, um, and you talked about this when you were on our show earlier this evening, mm-hmm. you have to make a, you know, are, are they mentally ill? Are they looking for attention? Can you help them? Is it something right. where they're better off with uh, clergy? Exactly. Uh, something like that. Or uh, or a doctor or a psychiatrist. Yes. Or right. Yeah. yeah. So we have made those recommendations. Yeah. Yes, we've gotten exactly. in and yeah. And sometimes in the middle of a case, you have to go, there's all we've done here. We can do all we've done here. And and Tanya has so many letters after her name and, and does so many healing modalities. She's very good at uh, making those assessments. And, mm-hmm. and it's been a learning curve. So then we go on site and uh, I like to triangulate data. That's my, that's my goal as a paranormal researcher. So you have the history and the interviews and all of that data. You have the psychic mediums and the sensitives and that information, the intuitive information, and then you use the equipment. So I just use the standards. I uh, use some kind of EMF meter. I like a temperature gauge that can often be very helpful. Um, audio recording, video recording, and more and more we're using dousing rods. Oh, they're the fantastic. Such an under, un, I can't even say the word. What is the word? Underrated. Thank you. Such an underrated tool. Yeah. I, mean, we'll, I mean, on our tours and then our, our investigations, we'll use 
divining rods and even pendulums and and see if there's if you can corroborate what what that's saying with maybe an evp or or an itc segment so yeah i love to hear that love 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 divining rods so so we go through that um we learned a valuable lesson in the web um it seems for many ghosts um a couple hours is all anybody can take the living and the dead Uh, Then there's just too much analysis. The energy gets heavy. Wires start getting crossed, literally, figuratively. So we'll try to get a good basic sense of here's what we think is going on. Let us go home, study the data. You keep in touch with us. Um, Sometimes you'll see a little uptick in activity after the researchers have come in with the equipment, stirred things up a little. So we'll we'll let the client know that. And then... Uh, oftentimes we'll go back in a second or third time if we need to and apply some remedies and then follow up. Uh, and that that uh, approach has worked very well for us now over dozens of cases. So uh, Yeah, that's pretty much like exactly like how we do our, our cases. Cool. Libraries are phenomenal. We've okay. investigated out here the Escondido Public Library a couple of times. We've been invited uh, to investigate the Chula Vista Library. There's two branches down there. We're going to be doing the second one. Libraries are just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's theaters too. Uh, Mm -hmm. Oh, speaking of which, do you prefer, I mean, do you have a preference, whether it's a private residence, a business or historical site? Or does it not matter? No, that's a great great question. We've never been asked that before. We, um, We hope that we can take our skills to uh, offer a remedy to both the living and the dead. That's really exactly. our criteria where that takes place. Uh, if it's out in the field, in the middle of the woods, great. If it's in a home, uh, great. Uh, I shouldn't say great. You don't want these things great to if happen. We can help no, I understand what you mean. Yeah. But yeah. So that's the big, cri- that's the yeah. big criteria for us. And every case is different. It's going to warrant a different type of approach. You know, you mm-hmm. have different personalities from the living, you know, going into it, other types of things. If it's a geological influence or maybe some archaeological influence, all of that. So yeah. exactly. very. I like your approach. It's very similar to, to uh, how we approach our research as well. I want to get into your books because they're fantastic. Okay. Uh, a little bit about... Um, about them and, and what motivated you to write them. And you published them through Rosemary's Visionary Living Publishing, right? Um, Tanya's book, our first book together. And then we did Roommates um, independently because Rosemary had passed. Right. And, okay, it, and it just, right. yeah, it just made sense. And um, so so watch out from the for the hallway was, uh, I'm just religious about notes, no matter what I do. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a systems person. Tanya will tell you I have a one subject notebook for everything. So yep. I have dozens, if not hundreds now through my right on. life. Right and on. And <laughs> so I just started documenting. And of course, Rosemary was our mentor. Um, she got us the job by speaking to the people who hired us because they had had terrible experiences. Mm-hmm. The um, the investigation that they build as a haunted tour shut down abruptly months before we took it over um, or were hired to 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 reopen it. Um, they left in the middle of the night, left the doors open, left. All oh, the lights my on. gosh. Yeah. Working crazy? public oh library now. Just a lack of understanding about what was going on. Uh, a lot of misinterpretation. So we got all the documentation, all. but Rosemary talked to the owner of the 
of the uh, organization and gave us a really good endorsement. So, of course, we would pick her brain as things were going on. And so then I got the idea about six months in to start doing a Facebook blog. Like, here's what happened the other night, you know, this kind of thing. Great. And as you're watching the word count go up and you're starting to categorize things by room or by type of entity or or phenomena, I said um, to Rosemary, I said, I really think there's something here. And so she looked into it and she said, there's a book here, so let's do it. <laughs> and that's how it happened. Um, and then... That's fantastic. Yeah. I love reading books on just one location. It's amazing. I do too. And she was concerned that it was going to be, you know, regional. It probably wouldn't sell a lot. Only the people, you know, that part of North Carolina. Um, That didn't really happen. The book's done well. Yeah, it's done. It's done really well. Yeah. Fantastic. How about roommates? You want to? Sure. So with roommates. There we go. A little bit. It's my screen back there is not yeah, working. Those yeah, those backgrounds sometimes. Um, but it's a great background, by the way. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so with roommates, we really wanted to produce a handbook for people. Um, partly, and I talk about this in the book, years ago before I met Joey, before I had any idea how to investigate the paranormal, I lived in an extremely haunted and very terrifying home with my two young boys at the time. Now, this was back in the 90s, before the internet, um, before the paranormal shows. And I remember thinking back then, if only there was someone I could call, or if only there was a handbook or something that would, like, tell you what to do. And so on that, you know, same line, we wanted to produce a book that was very user-friendly for folks, you know, who were experiencing a haunting phenomenon and just give them, you know, share with them a little about our background, a little bit about some of the the cases that we've investigated, and then how to apply that to your own haunting if you're living in a haunting. And and again, it's really about respect, you know, respect the fact that the, that the um, ghosts or spirits who are there probably have an attachment to the location. Maybe it was their home before it was your home. How can you maybe come to some sort of agreement or help them move on? Um, so that's really what Roommates from Beyond is all about. Uh, it's fantastic. And the covers are really great, too. I love Thank the design. You. And then your, your book that you wrote as well. See if it'll show a little bit. Oh God, this is pointless. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna try. Wait, it just did it. Okay, never mind. It's okay. Living the intuitive life. You can find it online. Well, we'll get to that. But share a little bit about that book. Sure. So that was really Rosemary, and that was around the time I mentioned earlier where she was like, "Listen, you're you're a medium. You're a psychic. Just get over it. <laughs> That's what you need to call yourself." And uh, you know, Rosemary had said to me, "You know, you should write a book about your journey." and about your experiences and and put exercises in there because by that time I had gotten to the place where um, I was very familiar with my abilities and I was helping other people become familiar with with their own and she said you should write a book about that and if you write it I'll publish it 
And I was like, ah, so I guess Fantastic. I have to write it now. Yeah. yeah. So, so I wrote the book and Rosemary was wonderful in, in helping me. Um, you know, she would, she would of course proof and, and help edit. And I have a husband who's, who's an editor by trade as well. So that I remember her saying helpful. that, well, you have a good editor. So just write the book and let him edit it. And I said, okay, well, I'll put it on the list. And yeah, that's, it's a, a team, a duo. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think people really, uh, really like hearing personal stories too you know they can relate to that they can put themselves in the situation so future books are you working on any now yeah so besides the one that you're i mean you yeah but go ahead and talk about it oh yeah so i'm writing a book called parallels and patterns my lifelong quest for answers oh i love it so what we deal with primarily is anecdotal evidence which is okay. I mean, yeah. scientists call it empirical evidence, but you have to show up and you have to do the experiment and you have to chronicle it and you have witnesses. And, you know, so I love the work of Rupert Sheldrake, so on and so forth. So now after 30 years, well, really, I mentioned that I, I, I grew up Roman Catholic. When I made a confession and I went to my first confession in the booth during school, Catholic you know, with the priest, priest said, okay, um, you know, how long has it been? And I'm like, it's my first time. I just made my confession. He's like, okay, well, what have you done wrong? And I said, before we do that, I said, father, I said, I, I want to talk about Adam and Eve and the dinosaurs. And I got a lot of questions, right? So I'm this, I'm this kid, right? In fourth grade. And he's like, you know, through the screen, this is, it's a matter of faith, Joseph. And I'm like, oh, hell no, it is not. So, <laughs> so it really is my lifelong quest of going, all right, what is going on here? And being a collector, a teller of stories, but also a collector of stories. Yeah, that's a good balance right there. That's so the know, yin and yang. Yeah, and, and, and I know we're getting short on time, but so after we had gotten our regression, I immediately went to the cases. And I actually found a case from 1972 in Brazil where a guy had a UFO encounter and his car went transparent. So I said, okay, at least one other time in history, this very, very weird thing happened. And also Jacques Vallée talks about in the Juan Perez case, um, how they implant ideas in your mind. So it's this psychic collaboration. What do you have in your mind? What can they implant and how can they mush it all together? Well, that garage I told you about, I found out it was Sonny's garage. And when I was in third grade, we took an aptitude test in school. And I wanted to be an auto mechanic. That's what I wanted to be. That was my passion. And the guidance counselors were like, Joseph, you're a smart kid. You're college material. That's not for you. And they they yanked me off that path. And, And being a mentor of students, I'm really careful about going, oh, you're too smart or you're too dumb or you're too fat or you're too or you're too whatever. Exactly. Yeah. No, 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 no. So I think that somewhere in my mind is this little bit of a what if. And they drew on that memory and they're like, look, it's a garage and we showed you the transparent car with the transmission and the drivetrain. And isn't that fascinating? And wouldn't you like to play and stay so, here? Yeah, the yeah. symbolism of it is just kind yeah. of un- really uncanny, really. Oh, yeah. wow. So, so that's what I'm working on in here. And I'm working on, so before she passed, Rosemary really wanted me to uh, write a book on dowsing. 
Okay, perfect. And I had started it and then she passed. And then I was kind of like, well, Rosemary was going to publish this. And it was just kind of really hard for me to just revisit what I had because I had been collaborating, not really collaborating with her, but I would show her what I had. And what do you think Mm -hmm. is this? You know, I would bounce ideas off of her and whatever. And, and then it was just really hard for me to do, but she's since come through and kind of like, like, the taskmaster that she is like, why aren't you working on the book? And I was like, do you still want me to work on the book? And she was like, of course, (laughs) she'd be the first person to say, you're going to do this. And yeah, you know, you pay attention to her, her uh, clue or cues. I mean, you know, she's very, for me, at least when she's come through, she's very there. I know it's her. And uh, there have been a couple that have been where it's brought me to tears. I actually found out about her passing when I was up in the Pacific Northwest working on a filming project. And I, I mean, I had to film that day and I cried and I'm like, Oh God, my, you know, it was, Oh God, I miss her. Yeah. 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 She, she, came, she appeared in my library right where her scrying mirror that she made us was uh, two days before she passed. Oh, maybe to almost like a, let it, you know. Maybe. Yeah. And to, to give me, I, I mean, because since she's passed now I can see, I can see uh, not not often, but way more often than I ever could. She almost like opened a little something up of inside course. of me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, this has been such a a, a tremendous hour. Uh, where can people find you? Your socials, websites, all of that. Sure. So I have a website. It's Tanya Medea T O N Y A M A D I A dot com. Um, so people can find me there. I'm on Facebook, Tanya Medea Medium. I have an Instagram account, same thing. Uh, we have the Into the Outer Realms page on Facebook, so people can find us there and watch our show on Thursday. And watch Nicole, and our watch special TV. guest tonight on that episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Joey has... Uh, so Joey Medea, J-O-E-Y-M-A-D-I-A on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Joy Medea professional page is, is all my creative arts and how they match up with the paranormal. And uh, we have a literary and art site that's celebrating over 20 years called newmystics.com. Perfect. So I was just on that. Oh, cool. Right awesome. On. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's been such a pleasure having you. I'd love Thank to have you. you guys back, of course. Oh, uh, we'd so love to. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. Joey and Tanya Medea, such an amazing time with them tonight. So next week, we have the uh, Queen Mary special because the 27th is the 85th anniversary of the ship's maiden voyage. So that's going to be a nice uh, Queen Mary special there. Uh, I believe it's June 3rd. Uh, Dr. Uh, Piero, I think it's how you pronounce it, Piero Parasetti. He's a medical doctor and a pretty renowned uh, near-death uh, near-death experience researcher. He's, we're actually doing a pre-recorded interview and then his is going to air on uh, June 3rd. Uh, then after that, Randy Liebeck, Carolyn and Jason Masuka. And uh, that's about it. Uh, tonight's been such a great night. I hope you have a wonderful night, a wonderful weekend. I want to leave you uh, with this last note here at the Afterlife Chronicles. We are bridging the gap between mortality and the afterlife one experience at a time. Thank you to our guests tonight. Hope everyone has a wonderful uh, weekend and we'll see you next week. Good night.